Some of you are going to find this a bit incredulous, but here's something that federal, state, and local governments all tell us to do that we should actually listen to. Eat more fruits and vegetables. You've heard about the health benefits of increasing plant-based nutrients into your diet, but how can you easily consume all the fruits and veggies needed? Well, it's easy. By adding Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity into your meals. Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity is a power blend that has 31 fruits and vegetables in every scoop. Organic vegetables, super greens, super fruits, and super sprouts. It is fortified with essential vitamins plus an immunity boost. And right now, you can get a free two-week supply of Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity by just paying $8.95 for the shipping and handling. And not only that, you'll also get a free frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to grownamericansuperfood.com forward slash John and order today. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is SiriusXM. Progress. I'm John Fiegel saying welcome to Channel 127. So good to have you here with us on Progress After Dark. For the next three hours, we're going to be coming at you with a lot of facts, a lot of empathy, a lot of outrage, and a lot of comedy. Frank Condup is joining us tonight for Fridays with Frank. We are broadcasting tonight and for the next couple of weeks from beautiful Los Angeles. We'll be here for a while. Tonight is going to be a fun show. We're going to have TV's Frank, Frank Condup, taking your calls and answering all your questions in hour number two, our executive producer, Chris Hauselt, is back. We are so glad you're with us. We got a big one tonight. Let's get to it. Israel announced impending military action near the Rafah border town, urging Palestinians in the area to evacuate immediately after they told them all they'd be safe in Rafah. Special counsel Jack Smith warned of immediate threats to witnesses in Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago documents case if Judge Cannon unseals their names, which she plans to do. Because she works for Trump, and only in America can a criminal defendant also hire his own judge. And tomorrow marks the celebration of the Lunar New Year for Asian communities worldwide, ushering in the Year of the Dragon. We just had a 5.7 magnitude earthquake hit the big island of Hawaii, a smaller 4.5 magnitude quake shook the streets in Malibu. Um, And lipless Nepo baby Tucker Carlson. Found a new dictator to grovel beneath. We've got a lot to cover tonight. Larry Hogan is going to run for the open Senate seat in Maryland, further complicating Democrats' already difficult path to try to keep their majority in the Senate. And no one talked about this today, but the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office has reported that from 2023 to 2034, America's GDP will be greater by $7 trillion and revenues will be greater by $1 trillion than they would have been without immigrants. That's right. Immigration is going to add $7 trillion to the U.S. economy over the next 
decade. That's what we keep saying. When immigrants show up in this country and they are fully grown adults and we do not need to pay for their school, they are ready to enter our workforce right away. They are ready to start paying taxes, state, local, federal, and sales taxes right away. They're ready to start paying into our Social Security system right away. Immigration has always expanded our economy, and now it may have helped us avoid a recession. So let's get to it. We got a lot to cover. We want to know what you think about Robert Hur's special counsel report on the classified documents found at President Biden's office and home, because this has already morphed into a possible Comey letter-esque catastrophe. It has exploded the debate about Biden's age. And of course, it'll probably be forgotten in two weeks because that's how our national attention span is now. But let's let's get to it. Biden is not going to face any charges for classified records at his office or his home. And we now know that we have solid proof for all of time. There, there, there's some big takeaways from this, but it's not Joe Biden's age, which is all the media talked about. I think the biggest takeaway and I've got three big ones. But the biggest takeaway is I think we have conclusive proof now that Joe Biden does not control the Justice Department. Right. Anything makes him that angry. Clearly, it's independent as opposed to Jeff Sessions or William Barr. So Robert Hur, the right wing special counsel who investigated Joe Biden's handling of classified documents when he was vice president, released his report last night exonerating Joe Biden. Now, the report blasted him for willfully retaining and disclosing classified material. And the documents, again, are from Biden's tenure as VP, nothing from his time as president. The report was made public yesterday, and he said charges would not have been warranted even if department policy didn't foreclose criminal charges against a sitting president. The report said our investigation uncovered evidence that Biden willfully retained and disclosed classified materials after his vice presidency when he was a private citizen. And it noted classified docs about the military, foreign policy in Afghanistan. And the Justice Department told the president they will not pursue criminal charges for his handling of these documents. You know, they closed Mike Pence's case in a couple of months. I mean, it was a one page letter. This case, 15 month investigation a 340-page document exonerating him. And what did it all lead to? Based on the evidence, there's no case, which should have been the entire story. But this exoneration also featured a really crappy and crass political hit job targeting Joe Biden's biggest vulnerability that people think he's too old for the job. Her described Joe Biden as, quote, a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory as opposed to a cruel, corrupt, lying elderly man with a poor memory. I got to say, first off, we are we are so lucky, aren't we, to have a special prosecutor with a medical degree who specializes in geriatric diagnoses. I mean, it sounds like the guy knew he didn't have a criminal case, but he didn't want to upset his Republican buddies. So he threw in some ageist slurs to try to muddy the waters. Now, I heard... This was getting a lot of you riled up last night. Max Burns had a lot of calls. And I want to know how you feel 24 hours later, because in response to the report, Joe Biden hastily pulled together an evening press conference where he answered shouted questions uh, with blunt and definitive replies. Here is a bit of that press conference last night. 
Well, actually, I'll play some of that in a minute. Right now, the White House press corps spent pretty much all day today obsessed with the mention in the report that exonerated Biden the question of his age and memory. Does the president not believe that many voters have this concern about his age? I mean, the president's talked about it. He's joked about his age, right? He has. He has joked about his age, understanding uh, what uh, what voters might think. He has. He's done. He's done. He's done that pretty often. I think what he. Uh, I think the other thing that you that. He, we want to make sure that you all understand is that this is a president that also has delivered for the American people. That is a fact. That is something that we see in the data. That is something that we see in the policy, whether it's a bipartisan uh, legislation that we've been able to get through that people didn't think we would be able to get through, whether it's as, as it relates to like infrastructure or the, uh, the Chips and Science Act, real, real, real things that American people feel. And for him, that's what he believes is important to focus on, is what the American people need in the sense of issues that matter to them. And that's what he wants his focus to be. That's what we want our focus to be as well. What did you guys think of Biden's press conference? I don't know anyone who thought it went well. I mean, he was angry. It was late in the day. And he took a lot of umbrage after Prosecutor Hur suggested the president had forgotten when his son Bo had died. You saw it. He said, how in the hell dare he raise that? He went on to say that Hearst claims that he willfully kept any files were misleading and just plain wrong. Now, I, I want to know what you guys thought, because I thought Biden should not have given the press conference. I thought he should have come out there with a joke instead of getting angry. I like when he's passionate, not when he's angry. This is the problem with politics. It's the same with comedy. If you're passionate, it can work. If you're angry, it's not going to work. And the media, of course, was so starved for any proof that they can put out there, any kind of both sidesing they can do to show that they're not the tank for a Democrat. They went crazy on this story. Now, here's the thing. My memory is not great, but I remember how awful the Trump presidency was. And I remember what an effective job this White House has done, led by an 81-year-old man who has a stutter. And they turned things around here and overseas with our allies. Congressman Maxwell Frost said today, Biden being old doesn't sound like breaking news to me. What sounds like news to me is millions of jobs created, wages up, inflation down, capping insulin costs, the first ever office of gun violence prevention, record climate investments. Mueller, she wrote, our good friend Allison Gill said, imagine if Joe Biden instructed Merrick Garland to meet weekly with her over whiskey and cigars at a bar in a building owned by Hunter Biden to curtail the scope of this probe. It's like the media forgot. Trump, Barr, and Durham did that. Norm Ornstein said, I have to congratulate Robert Hur after violating every DOJ standard and sliming Joe Biden. He did so much of Donald Trump's dirty work that he now is probably a front runner to be attorney general if Trump should win. And then there was the vice president. Here is Kamala Harris echoing the president's sentiments today about the special counsel's report's comments on Joe Biden's memory retention and his age. I have been privileged and proud to serve as vice president of the United States with Joe Biden as president of the United States. And what I saw of that report last night, I believe is, as a former prosecutor, um, the comments that were made by that prosecutor, gratuitous, inaccurate, and inappropriate. 
October 7th, Israel experienced a horrific attack. And I will tell you, we got the calls, the president and myself, in the hours after that occurred. It was an intense moment for the Commander-in-Chief of the United States of America. And I was in almost every meeting with the President in the hours and days that followed. Countless hours with the Secretary of Defense, the Secretary of State, the heads of our intelligence community, and the President was in front of and on top of it all. Okay, so now again, the first takeaway that no one paid attention to was that this is proof Biden doesn't control the DOJ. The second takeaway the media didn't talk about too much. Um, apparently, Mr. Herr had some thoughts on Donald Trump as well. Let me quote the report. Most notably, after being given multiple chances to return classified documents and avoid prosecution, Mr. Trump allegedly did the opposite. According to the indictment, he not only refused to return the documents for many months, but he also obstructed justice by enlisting others to destroy evidence and then to lie about. In contrast, the report says Biden cooperated fully. So there's the second big takeaway our media didn't notice. The report said Biden's innocent and Trump's guilty. <laughs> there's one more big takeaway, but I'll get to that in a second. I'm not going to deny this report is politically damaging. This is Joe Biden's greatest vulnerability. This is but her emails times 10. And, and this is going to keep on coming. They're going to keep on trying to attack Joe Biden's age any way they can because they're terrified of a guy born in 1942, but not of a guy born in 1946. I'm here to tell you, chill out. It's all okay. It really is. I refuse to let election 2024 make me an emotional basket case. All right. You know who has a worse memory than Joe Biden? You know who has a worse memory than Donald Trump? The media. This report exonerated Biden, recommended no charges. Donald Trump's charged with 91 counts, including obstruction. He's charged for willful retention of documents. Donald Trump is not charged for the documents he stole and then returned when they asked him, he's being charged for the documents he didn't return when he lied and said he'd returned everything. But to me, the biggest takeaway from last night, bigger than the proof that Joe Biden doesn't control the DOJ, bigger than the fact that it said Biden's innocent and Trump's guilty, the biggest takeaway was when he called Israel's response to Gaza over the top. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu Biden said, has directed the military to plan for the evacuation of the population from Rafah alongside the defeat of Hamas in that southern Gaza city. And the president said the White House has been pushing very hard to broker some kind of temporary ceasefire and to get any remaining hostages held from Hamas finally returned. Biden said of the Palestinians last night, there are a lot of innocent people who are starving. There are a lot of innocent people who are in trouble and dying. And it's got to stop. He did not call for a ceasefire, but it was the most blunt language he has used yet about what Netanyahu is doing, and Netanyahu is doing it to avoid his own criminal fate. Netanyahu, who propped up Hamas for years because he needed a bad guy. Now, here's my thing. 
If Joe Biden had ended this press conference by calling for a ceasefire, that's all the media would have talked about today. He would have reframed the entire thing. Sadly, Joe Biden's not good at doing that. That's all Donald Trump does, because he can't answer direct questions. But again, my friends, this, this, this election is not about Joe Biden, and it's not going to be about Joe Biden in November. It's about Trump. It's about Trumpism. Donald Trump is not running against Biden. Donald Trump is running against actual democracy. And again, if these are my two choices of old white guys, the one from 1942 and the one from 1946, I'll take the competent old guy who needs another nap over the incompetent old white guy who needs another defense attorney and needs you to pay for it. White House spokesman Ian Sams expressed some real frustration today with the media that ignores the actual conclusion of the report, but is really, really worried about Joe Biden's memory. Unfortunately, the gratuitous remarks that the former attorney general talked about have naturally caught headlines in all of your attention. They're wrong and they're inaccurate and they obscure a very simple truth that I want to repeat one last time. Since I know it's hard to wade through 400 full pages. One, the report lays out example after example of how the president did not willfully take classified documents. The report lays out how the president did not share classified documents with anyone. The report lays out how the president did not knowingly share classified information with anyone. On page two, which I know you all read, the report argues that president willfully retained materials, but buried way later on page 215, the report says, and I quote, there is in fact a shortage of evidence on these points. 200 pages later, Put simply, this case is closed because the facts and the evidence don't support the theories here. The gratuitous comments that respected experts are saying is out of line are inappropriate. And they shouldn't distract from the fact that the case is closed and the facts and evidence show that they reached the right conclusion. Of course, what our media is doing is comparing apples and orange lying, thieving crooks. I mean... Hiding the documents after stealing them, not complying with subpoenas, trying to destroy evidence, changing locks, lying over and over again to the FBI. And let's not forget, he shared classified info. Trump shared nuclear secret. Trump is on tape doing this. But Biden last night mixed up the names of the leaders of Mexico and Egypt. That's all we heard. You know what? I'm not a Democrat, folks, but I'm pretty sure Joe Biden is capable of telling the difference between Nikki Haley and Nancy Pelosi. Pretty sure Joe Biden can tell the difference between E. Jean Carroll and Marla Maples. You know, I think more and more of Joe Biden's biggest gaffe, because we hear a lot about Biden's gaffes. Then, of course, there's Donald Trump's lies and gaffes. But Joe Biden's biggest gaffe has not been mixing up two leaders in a angry press conference. His biggest gaffe may have been picking Merrick Garland to be his attorney general. I mean, Merrick Garland should have been decisive and assigned a special counsel to investigate Trump and January 6th right away. But now instead, he's letting this Republican shill pull a Comey by politicizing an investigation right before an election. There's one question that our right wing friends need to be asked and our thirsty media. And you know what it is? Because the media is not going to talk about it. 
I mean, they'll talk about Biden's age and Trump's crimes. I want you to ask your Republican loved ones to please explain Donald Trump's policies and how they would help the average American if they were implemented. That's it. Media, can we have a talk about what the agenda is beyond the personality? Explain what Donald Trump's policies he wants to enact are and tell us how those policies would help the majority of Americans if implemented. Consumer sentiment went up 29% over a two-month period. It's now at 78%. Sharpest rise in 30 years. Stocks have hit another record high. Unemployment is at its longest stretch under 4% in history. Gas is averaging under $3 a gallon, which is the equivalent of about $2.50 inflation adjusted. Inflation's down 2.9%. There'll be three interest rate cuts this year. Ten straight months where wage increases are outpacing inflation. And millions of Americans are now paying $35 a month to stay alive versus $600 for insulin last December. The American Rescue Plan, the Infrastructure Bill, the Chips and Science Act, bringing tech manufacturing to our country, the Burn Pits Pact Act, getting big pharma to the table. $128 billion has been forgiven in student loans. NATO is stronger than ever. A 15% minimum corporate tax. The world has rallied behind Ukraine. Biden has done a good job. Biden has done so much better than I ever thought he would. He wasn't my first choice or my single choice. Biden ended the war in Iraq, and it was messy and horrible, but he did it after Trump and Mike Pompeo freed 5,000 Taliban. Record stock market. Infrastructure. Wages up. Unemployment low and staying there. What about Trump? Well, the media is not going to remind you about this while they're talking about Biden being old. 2.8 million jobs lost. Unemployment, 6.3%. 154,000 fewer manufacturing jobs after Trump. No infrastructure. No health care plan. 3 million fewer Americans with health insurance. Oh, did I mention $8 trillion in debt in just four years? Did I mention average gas prices fell to 287 and they're going to go lower this week. Here's what I remember. All right. When the Democrats are in the White House, we have growth. We have lower deficits. We have progress. When Republicans are in power, we get higher deficits. We get recessions. Now, again, again, Biden's old and he has a stutter. And that makes some people nervous who have attention span problems and can't listen to a man speaking softly. And you got somebody better than Joe Biden who can get 270 electoral votes and pass this much legislation with an evenly divided Congress, tell me their name, and I will fight for them. I will campaign for them door to door if you have someone better than Biden who can get elected and pass this much legislation. But it's not, a, it's not about Biden. This is about keeping Vladimir Putin's deranged pet from naming more judges. Trump has shown us what an awful president he would be because he already was an awful president. Hillary Clinton's pantsuit and smashed up phone could have led our nation better through a national plague crisis. Hillary Clinton's pantsuit and smashed up phone would not have lied to everyone you love during a plague. My friends, this is going to be the ugliest election year we've ever had. This is just the beginning of a very long year. Our promise to you here at Progress We'll keep each other sane. 
We will talk you off the ledge and you guys can talk us off a ledge. Because as bad as it is, as challenging as it is, the issues that matter still matter. Whatever happens in November, we'll still be fighting for those issues, whether it's a D or an R in the White House. And we already know the corporate media misses their Trump size ratings. It's going to be rough. We're here for you. Don't ever forget what George Carlin said. When you're born, you get a free ticket to the freak show. And if you live in America, you get a free front row seat. And some folks forget that and join the freak show. My friends, I promise we will not let you join the freak show. We will laugh at this. We will keep things in perspective. We won't pretend it's better than it is, and we won't pretend it's worse than it is. But you know what Joe Biden's never done? I'll tell you one thing Joe Biden has never done. He's never asked you or me to pay his legal fees. We want to know what you guys think, and we have a lot to discuss. Our number is 866-997-4748. we got to talk all about he who tucks with Vladimir Putin as well. 866-997-GRIT. The great Chris House, Elton Thea Harper are producing this show tonight. We can't wait for your voice to be a part of it, and we'll be right back. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on, because you know I love it when you do. I'm John Fugel saying this is Sirius XM Progress. We are at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. 23 years ago today, millions of Americans went to see Hannibal. The sequel to Silence of the Lambs on opening night and said, oh, God, really? Really? It has its moments. We were at 866-997-GRIT. We're going to be joined by TV's Frank, Frank Conniff, in just a moment. Let me get one more call in before Mr. Conniff joins us on the Zoom. Mike in Michigan, thank you for your patience on hold. You're on progress. Yeah, yeah I, I, I want to disagree with you. I never thought I would ever disagree with John. Oh, no. John. fight. Great. Let's fight. But, uh, Go ahead. The... The uh, press conference with the Joe Biden, I thought yes. he did great. I thought he did great. 
Great. I'm glad. I thought, listen, I thought it had great moments, and I thought it had moments that I knew they'd use against him. But everyone I've talked to either thought it was great or thought it was horrible. Me, I'm somewhere in the middle. When he talked about uh, grabbing his rosary, I think all the Catholics, were li- if they were listening, grabbed the rosary, man. Yeah. I mean, he, he did, even for a non-Catholic, uh, that means something to even fundamentalists, okay, who don't, aren't Catholic. Yeah. Somebody thinks about uh, their Maybe. God like that. Yeah, I, I, I tell you. What. Yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think Trump voters I don't think Trump voters care much about what's actually in the Bible, my friend. I think they care yeah, about yeah. the God and the Jesus that they own as props and and that's about it. I don't think Joe Biden mentioning the, the the rosary is going to motivate someone to vote for him if they worship Donald Trump. I do agree with you on uh, one thing. Uh Kevin Spacey would make a really good actor for Mike Johnson. Thank you. This is my point. And it's awkward because Frank Conniff and I have this running conversation on who should play (laughs) Donald Trump in the movie. And I've always said that you want someone who can do a great Trump impression, but is also a great actor and can bring that kind of creepy, toxic energy to a role. I think Kevin Spacey would be great playing Trump. But as a voice actor, he's a match for Mike Johnson. He can play them both. He could be like a, 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 Mike, a, a Mike Myers movie and just play every Republican. But for more, you know we're going to go to Frank Conniff in just had, a moment. Uh-oh, now you got Chris engaged. To, go ahead. They, well, I like this. You get Kevin Spacey, but if something goes wrong, you pull in Christopher Plummer to re, you know, he could do all the Mike Johnson scenes. <laughs> there you go. Chris, have you seen Christopher Plummer in CGI? He's fantastic. You can get an AI Christopher Plummer for less than a CGI Christopher Plummer. I think yeah, I'm I like hung up on quote. us. Oh, there you I like go. your quote. I like yeah, Mike? Your quote from. I like your quote from George Carlin. It's true. This is why I keep telling yeah. people, don't freak out over our politics. Carlin said it. Yeah. You know, people forget they're at the freak show and they join the freak show. Watch the freak show. Make fun of the freak show. Stay sane. No matter who wins this November, we're still going to be fighting for the same stuff. And I don't think Trump's going to win this November. If he does win, I refuse to give Trump the power over my emotions that I'll be despondent. Despondency is privilege at this point. We got to fight. That's that's right. Fight. Keep fighting. Thanks, John. Thanks for what you're doing. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Oh, please. I'm just here to tell some dick jokes and part of my prison release. Frank Conniff, however, is the real deal. He is a great, great comedy writer and performer who began his career writing and performing on the Peabody Award-winning Comedy Central series Mystery Science Theater 3000, where he played TV's Frank. He then went on to be a writer, producer, and actor on Sabrina the Teenage Witch on ABC and the producer on uh, the Drew Carey Show on ABC. I've had the great pleasure of working with this man on TV, on stage, and on radio. And the Mads are back. The unholy alliance he has with his fellow mad scientist, Spell you from Mystery Science Theater. Well, they do some very fun live shows and some great live streams. The next one is Tuesday, February 13th. Information and passes are available at dumbindustries.com. Frank, what movie will you and Trace be riffing on to celebrate Valentine's Day? We will be doing a movie from 1960 called Mutiny in Space. And uh, I'm here to tell you that this mutiny is a bounty of shit. And uh, we will be having a a good time uh, riffing on it, uh, as we always do. Who? What? What actors of note appear in Mutiny in Space, Frank? 
You know what? I couldn't name you one of the actors, and and I'm not, uh, I'm not saying that as a put. I'm not saying that as a put down of the people in the movie because they're just actors, uh, uh, doing doing their yeah, work. Yeah, they didn't know. But uh, but I, I I really it's really a whole movie of of actors I'm not familiar with. Whereas one of the last films we did had had this actor Robert Clark, who I knew as a big Dragnet fan. I knew him as a member of the Jack Webb repertory company. Uh, you know, Jack Webb uses uh, he'll he'll if he likes an actor, he'll just use him in like multiple episodes playing different characters. He doesn't care yes. that the guy who's the forensic expert this week was the cop last <laughs> week and was the uh, was the suspect the week before <laughs> that. If it's one of the it's one of the great things about Dragnet because it's so its own enclosed world. Um, but, uh, but, uh, nice. but I'm really not familiar. How, how do you yet, guys, but... I'm sorry. Go ahead. How do you guys pick your films? How, how do you and Trace pick the films that you guys do for your live events? Well, when it comes to picking our films, um, the two magic words that we go by are public domain. And, uh, so, <laughs> you know, we, we search, um, we search, that's a, there's a there's a great thing called the uh, Internet Archive that has millions of things. That's right. There's a lot of stuff on YouTube. Um, uh, Pre, uh, uh, this guy Prelinger is uh, has for years just put out found all this obscure stuff. A lot of our shorts we get from him. So, uh, um, but it's mm-hmm. that's why we do a lot of stuff from the fifties and sixties because we can afford it because we don't have to pay for it. Well, I can't you know, wait. It and, sounds and like I'd, a ra- I'd way rather, to spend, I'd rather, uh, I'd rather, I'd rather do these films than Aquaman too. Honestly, I, I prefer, I prefer. Yeah, I would, them. I would too. There's, there's, there's an innocence um, to those older kind of films that are that are very charming, and uh, and I, I prefer doing them. Well, this film, I know, Mutiny in Outer Space, stars Richard Garland, who portrayed the constable on the TV series Lassie in the 50s. So it's not like it's obscure. That, These guys see, are pretty big stars. I, 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 sh- I should have known that, but, uh, but, I, but I didn't. <laughs> and we actually did a movie on Mystery Science Theater called The Painted Hills, which starred Lassie as Shep. He, it was Lassie playing a dog that wasn't Lassie. <laughs> Which is a crazy. That is aesthetic. so wrong. Was and Lassie was Lassie was <laughs> playing a male. They hired a female dog to play a male role. I'm like, um, wow. I think yeah. I think I think that was always the case with Lassie, right? Or I, I'm not sure, but uh, wow, Lassie. Well, Lassie. Apparently, there Lassie, were like a, Lassie's, there were Lassie's a, female. Yeah. Well, there were a dozen Lassies apparently. So you know, you might be. But watching they, but but all world. Lassies. They, all, all Lassies presented as female, did they not? I mean, the name is Lassie. I guess the, the, her brother would yeah, be Laddie. Uh, I believe I would imagine so. they're all identifying was, as female. Um, that's why Lassie always wanted to people to refer to her as they, because, you know, there was that kind of... Uh, yeah. Uh, my uh, my grandfather... I was going to say, you didn't... My yes, grandfather Chris? worked on craft services on Lassie, and he said every there were 12 of them. He said every single one was a bitch. <laughs> yeah, they were all, but they, 
They weren't misgendered, though. Only only we get to do that. Frank, I'm, I'm so glad yeah. you're here tonight. It's been a crazy week. It's been a real emotional roller coaster week for everybody mm-hmm. from watching the Republicans pretty much implode uh, Tuesday and Wednesday from turning against their own reform bill to having the first unsuccessful impeachment vote in 160 years. And then seemingly yesterday, the media told us, oh, forget about all that. Now it's Joe Biden who's going over Niagara Falls in a barrel because he's 81. And uh, I I couldn't believe that a report that totally exonerated Joe Biden and said that Donald Trump was guilty and Biden wasn't. And the only thing our media could talk about was Biden's too old. Yeah, you know, apparently uh, Biden uh, forgot uh, a couple things and misnamed a couple of people, which means you really should consider voting for the rapist who's running instead of Joe Biden, because it's a, it's an equal thing. I agree. You know, Joe Biden forgets a couple of things. And uh, and Donald Trump has been indicted 91 times and and is a, and is and has been declared <laughs> officially a rapist. Um, and and yet yes. we should we should look at them as equals, according to the mainstream media. It's just well, both sides do it, Frank. Both both sides do it. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah, I I just this is the problem with mainstream corporate media. They want they don't want Trump back. They want their Trump ratings back, Frank. They want their Trump size ratings. They want Trump back. They do want Trump back. Yeah, they're going to both sides until they get him. Um, You won't if 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 Trump isn't elected, Maggie Haberman is going to be wearing black for weeks after it. She's going to be in mourning if Trump isn't real. <laughs> um, I want to play a quick clip of uh, uh, Elise Stefanik, and then I want to get to some callers. We have a million people who want to weigh in. But just, just listen to this. Last night on CNN, Caitlin Collins decided to have Elise Stefanik on because we're still doing that and taking her seriously as a person. Never mind the fact that under the 14th Amendment, Elise Stefanik is disqualified from holding public office. But last night, they opened the door for her to say she was pro-sedition. And I want you to hear this. Here's Elise Stefanik explaining her desire to overturn any elections her boss asks her to. A5. Had you been vice president on January 6, 2021, what would you have done? I stood up for the Constitution. I believe no, it was what an would you have done if you were vice president? I would not have done what Mike Pence did. I don't think that was the right approach. I specifically uh, stand by what I said on the House floor, and uh, I stand by my statement, which was there so was unconstitutional the overreach. Votes. There was unconstitutional unconst- overreach in states like Pennsylvania, and uh, I think it's very important that we continue to stand up for the Constitution and have legal and secure elections, which we did not have in 2020. And m- the tens of millions of Americans agree with me, Caitlin. <laughs> well, I would say the Supreme Court in the state of Pennsylvania said that that Republican passed changes to their law was constitutional. There you have it, Frank. She would not side with the guy Trump was trying to kill who didn't break the law. She would Mm -hmm. side with the guy who was trying to kill Mike Pence. Now, isn't what she really saying? Isn't she saying when any Republicans say this, Frank, aren't they saying I'm totally fine with Joe Biden losing the election? And Kamala Harris certifying false electors to steal it from Donald Trump. I mean, that's the argument that vice presidents get to rig it if they feel like it. Well, uh, needless to say, I I am not hooked on Stefanics in this case. But uh, I will. Please forgive me for that, first of all. And next, uh, 
I'm just going to oh. say, you know, one of the biggest crimes these people are committing is 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 that they're making Mike Pence look good in comparison. And that's a horrible thing to do to make Mike Pence it's look wrong. like a statesman in comparison to these people. And, and he's 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 horrible on every level. And yet compared to her, I guess, yeah. because he did this one thing that. I think he he must yeah. have realized that that history was going to look at him or whatever. But um, you know, that's it. Uh, it's yeah, I, mean, I call that the no... Liz Cheney syndrome. They're right about one yeah. thing. They do yeah. one thing right their entire careers, and that's enough for the liberal media to cancel out the rest. Right, and Liz Cheney has said things that is that are as horrible as anything Donald Trump has said, including um, well, especially when she said that. Democrats want to turn um, maternity wards uh, uh, into uh, killing fields. You know, she she really mm-hmm. said that. So none of these people are going to be would be any good for America. If you might be good in comparison to Trump, but that's literally saying nothing. You know. You had a great tweet earlier tonight. You said mainstream media coverage of the presidential race is focused on memory issues. Like, for instance, they keep forgetting to mention that Trump is a rapist. I I completely agree. They are so desperate for a horse race and they will both sides this thing to death. Chris, do we have do you have that clip of Donald Trump in Pennsylvania earlier tonight warning that Pennsylvania will cease to exist? Do we still have that? You played it for me earlier. Or is that not? I'll get I'll get in just a second. No worries if it's not. Yeah, get a second. Um, Frank, Donald Trump was giving a speech tonight in Pennsylvania, and he literally said that he could be spending his Saturday doing something else. And today's Friday, which means Joe Biden's senile, right? I mean, if Trump confuses what day of the week it is, Joe Biden's got a lot to answer for. They're going to change the name and there'll be no more Pennsylvania, Frank, because that's what happened the last time Trump lost. (laughs) Yeah, I, that's a weird thing to be worried about. I mean, I guess I've just gotten used to calling it Pennsylvania. It would be quite an adjustment uh, to, um, you know, to me, as far as I'm concerned, as long as they have the cheesesteaks, they can call it whatever they want, uh, especially. Yeah, there. I would agree. But I think what's I think what we can look forward to now, Mr. Conniff, now that the media has staked its ground that Joe Biden is too old and they're going to run with this narrative to avoid seeming too liberal, the balls in Donald Trump's court to show us how demented and deranged he is. He's going to make Joe Biden look like the sharpest tool in the shed over the next few months. Well, the only he, question yeah. is, will the media cover Trump's lies and gaffes as much as they cover Biden's gaffes? No, they won't. And that's the problem is he uh, Joe Biden, by any standard, already is sharp as attack compared to Donald Trump, not just in his demeanor and how he talks, but also in what he's done. Um, uh, his competency as a president just goes way beyond Donald Trump on on any level. But the media, the mainstream media is not going to portray portray it that way. It's always from now to November. It's always going to be an equal thing. Um, And you know how the the Sunday shows, they treat insurrectionists, you know, as respected people. They'll have Matt Gates on and ask him, what he thinks about um, the deficit, you know, they treat these people, all these as if they're normal politicians yeah. and, and everything is is equal between Republicans and Democrats. And, and it's uh, so uh, true. And it's it's disgraceful, you know. 
Mr. Conniff, we have a ton of listeners who want to call in and weigh in and suck up to you. Are you ready to talk to some of our evil army of the night? I'm always ready for the sucking up any any time. Let let us go to uh, Brian in Oregon on line five. Brian, thank you so much for waiting on hold, everybody. We've got a lot of callers, so please, everyone try to make your your points Um, or your threats as quick as possible. Go ahead, Brian. My quick point is I hope they were interviewing Elisa Sponic underneath her desk. Um because that's where she was on January 6th. <laughs> when she was hiding from the hostages, yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and my other thing for Bill in Virginia, quick, is um, he should uh, study the 2025 project from his Heritage Foundation. Yeah. And then my next... Yeah. Uh, um, so that's that, and I'll try and be more concise. Well, maybe it's a Friday. I'll give you my... Uh, <laughs> I know, but this will be it. And take it as it is. It's tongue-in-cheek, of course, um, that I think we should whip up a Noriega on Netanyahu, like George Bush did to uh, <laughs> Manuel Noriega. And uh, we can get yeah. Bill Barr back in the saddle, and he can write the memo. Wow. Well, I mean, I like the idea. That entire invest that entire invasion was designed to get america out of having to comply with our terms of the panama canal treaty so we could keep it forever um so that was pretty corrupt but i i i guess uh, pissing off apac might be worth it well i think it would be a hell of a lot worth it but anyways it'd be more fun um well i know about more right fun on. but it might end the uh genocide that's just uh, now i'll let you get on to other callers i had other things but that's it right on man thank you oh Good well thank boys. you so much brian have a great weekend yeah, very good points. We we have smart people here, Frank. I don't know why they call this show, but we have smart people. I think it's since I Lisa, in New Mexico. Oh, yeah, I think moving us to progress and being on at a time slot when no one can function really brings out the best. Lisa <laughs> in New Mexico wants to say hello to TV's Frank. I do. Hi, Frank. Hi, Lisa. Hey. Oh, so I just want to. Hi, John. You too. Um, Hi. Frank. Yeah, I'm here too. Yes. <laughs> was MST3K political or was it not? Were they just it was like, making never, jokes? Yeah, we were just, it was, it was much more pop cultural than it was political. And politics can be a part of pop culture. So there were some political things yeah. that, uh, that, that would make their way in there, but, but it was never, uh, meant to be uh, overly political. And the thing is, too, is when I was on the show in the 90s, like if you listen, if you watch those shows now, there weren't a lot of jokes about Clinton and, you know, all the scandals with Clinton and, and all that stuff. Right. Um, we, we, we were very we very purposely we hated kind of uh, that kind of stuff. And, 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 and it's true that a lot of our political stuff was incredibly dated political stuff even back then. In other words, there were way more. That's true. You would do Nixon way, jokes. Way, yes. Way more yes. Nixon yes. jokes. Way, yes. uh, way more. Way more. Adlai Stevenson and Estes Key. Estes <laughs> has the funniest name ever. So we had to bring him into it. And um, and much more Robert That's McNamara it. jokes than any jokes about what was going on. So uh, to this day. I'm pretty I much opening every show doing, with like a. Yeah, I, I do a Eugene Debs impression to kick off every show now, Frank. I'm with you. Yeah, so that us, we were political, but very dated uh, politically. That's what made it so funny, right? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, I think that was part yeah. of it. I think that was part of part of the charm. Of you did it, jokes actually. about you did jokes about politicians, but they weren't political jokes. Yeah, not not in most cases. And we did a lot of uh, I I forgot about it, but people point out to me that we did a lot of Trump references back then, which you know that is crazy. Bad, but yeah, but no, he was a famous. Yes, yeah, but yeah, he was a famous. Uh, you know, sexual Asshole. assault or racist back then, like he is now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I just love you, Frank, right and love you, oh, too, John. You. you guys have a great Friday night. Thank you. You too. Thanks a Thanks, lot, Lisa. You're the best. Don't be a stranger. We're really, we're really happy around here. We have chloroformed Mr. Conniff into joining us on Fridays. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a happy time for us. Let's go to uh, Robert in Florida. Robert, thank you so much for your patience on hold. I woke up in your beautiful state today. Now you're on progress. Welcome. Hey, where were you in Florida? Um, I was in Palm Coast, but I spent the, I, I spent the night in Jacksonville, but I was in Palm Coast yesterday. Okay. Well, you know, um, yeah, I've been on hold so long. I feel Good like, uh, you know, no, I just uh, forgot what I was going to say. You know, and, and I'm not even the president. This, you know, and you know, that just. <laughs> oh, I think I think you were going <laughs> <laughs> right, to. But I, go ahead. <laughs> that's the reason. That's the reason why I called, though. You know, we uh, Brandon was a slur that they tried to mock job. You know, and he made it dark, Brandon. He should just do this the same thing yeah. with the. Uh, you know the you know and just own it and, and make them eat it you know and and there's ways to do it. I think it. so you too. Say, Listen, you know you could say, hey, you know what? I, I spent five and a half hours. You know what? I want you to see the video. Well, you know, here's the video. Five and a half hours. You show me where I fucked up. You know, or, or you know what? Instead, By the way, what? he spent he spent five and a half hours doing it while while the while the Hamas attack on Israel had just happened. So it was a crazy time for him, and he didn't have time to do it anyway. But I agree. I th- listen. I think it, we want to see the passion, but I think laughing it off is much stronger with this political climate. Exactly. Making a you joke about it is the way to go. Yeah, and he, there's so many things that I wish he would do. You know, like uh, the economy's great. Go. You know, yeah. just show up at a car dealership and, and watch somebody buy a car for the first time and, and pat them on the back and say, hey, you did that here now with the the Biden economy. You know, this this country is doing good. You know, it's kicking ass. And uh, we, we just don't. I think he should fight. I think he should fight. I think he I think he should demand a ceasefire. I think he should say that he wants to lower the age for Medicare to 50. And I think he should fight to to uh, to refund some credit card debt and have credit card debt forgiveness for all the hits people took during the pandemic. Just even if he can't do it, go bold. Frank, I said, if Biden ended that press conference last night demanding a ceasefire, that's all the media would talk about today. Yeah. Go bold. And and it's uh, close. And, and I, I, I don't understand why uh, why yeah. he's not more uh, vociferous about a ceasefire. I know he said that he just said that um, Netanyahu administration is over the top in their uh, reaction, yeah. which is it, it's good. He said that. But that's that's pretty mild, you know, to describe. That's like uh, a review of Maestro action. for me. But over least, the top is like, a, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like Maestro, he only said that to win an Academy Award. But, uh, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. By the I way, mean, did I, you I, know Leonard Bernstein? Did you know Leonard Bernstein was a, a conductor of orchestras? He didn't just pick up guys. Did you know that? He did classical shit. <laughs> yeah, amazing. I say now that they've, they've done the uh, Leonard Bernstein movie, how about a Common and Green movie? That's what I'm waiting for. But uh, <laughs> I can't uh, wait to see all the guys that Adolf Green had sex with and made his wife uh, forgive him uh, for. Adolf yeah. Green was, boy, uh, I don't think was that, that movie. Way, but, 
Um, but no, anyway, I don't think he was either. Uh, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I it, it, sorry, it Robert, like I've hijacked your call. It seems like there's this thing in politics where, like, no matter what, you can't criticize Israel. And 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 now we're in a, a, a spot where, like, people in, in show business or their careers are being hurt just for saying that, That's right. that we should support Palestinian people and 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 try to help them uh, out. Uh, and all these innocent Palestinians who are suffering we should be aware of that. Mm-hmm. And, and people are, are getting dropped by their agents and, and, and stuff like that. And it, it's, it's really hard. I even, I, you, and you might remember this, if you saw it on Twitter, I def, and you know, I'm the president of the Susan Sarandon is a moron club. I'm the president of that club. <laughs> yes, and I know. When, and her, when ICM, when, when ICM or whoever was dropped her because of her comments, I criticized them for that. I actually defended her. That's right. Uh, that I didn't. That that's. That it just seems too much like blacklisting to me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But to me, also, it's not about criticizing Israel. It's about criticizing the civilian Netanyahu government. I think it's a very yes, important exactly. distinction because exactly. I want Israel to be safe. I want Israel to have a neighbor that recognizes their right to exist, and I want Palestine to have control of their own borders and be a free state. Like, I, I, I I'm sorry, that's the only thing that's going to work. We're because going on like we've been doing the last fifty years ain't going to do it. Nope. And thank you for the call. Did he hang up? Yes, he did. Thank you, Robert, for the call. Let me go if I made a bill in New Jersey. Bill, you're on with TV's Frank. Hey, how you doing, Frank? Hi, Bill. Hey, hi. Good. How are you? Hey, what's up? Good. Oh, is John there? Hey, how, what's up? I'm right here. Um. Oh, okay. You can say. Um. Anyway, uh, I th- I think that uh, one day there'll become a great chickening to the GOP because it looks like they're chickening out on everything. I think that uh, um, they're destroying whatever we have. But um, anyway, um, I I was calling about this ageism business. And you have to remember, in 1776, the average length of uh, age was 35 or 36. So they were already electing people who were considered to be seniors. And I just... (laughs) It's true. It's true. Yeah. 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 And and so and I hate this whole thing about ageism. Uh, I also hate those uh, over 55 places. You know, what's wrong with children? What's wrong with having kids around? You know, I hate hate that I've qualified to live in an over 55 community for the past dozen years. That's what I. uh, But 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 then I think about I think about the that it would be quiet and stuff. And you know what? It appeals to me, actually. (laughs) <laughs> well, what's going to be? Cool. I'd rather deal with kids than crazy old people, and I qualify for to the, mm. that. And my mother lived in one of those crazy places. Well, I uh, I couldn't stand I, it. I actually, I already, I already live in a fifty-five plus community. It's called the Upper East Side of Manhattan. I live on the Upper West Side, which is a community of Russians and losers with kids. So I I can't relate, Frank. But there are no the the kids and the the children. The kids in this neighborhood are the forty-five-year-olds visiting their uh, parents. I know with their hoodies. I know. Go ahead, Bill. I'll leave you the last word. But but yeah, okay. But uh, anyway. 
uh, all he has to do is act like Reagan and put the, put the uh, well, he can't put Trump down for being that much younger, but just, you know, <laughs> it's no big thing. I, yeah. you know, I, I am, I am what I am. And uh, anyway, and the only other That's thing Popeye, was, not Reagan. I was, I, I felt sad for you, John, because your friend <laughs> Curtis Lee is under some hot water now. And I know you guys. Oh, were yeah, he's in a lot of hot water. Uh, you know what? I was on Allison Gill's uh, podcast today talking all about our buddy Curtis, who was the Republican Party nominee for mayor in the last election here. Right. When I was a uh-huh. kid, they would hand out brochures for the Guardian Angels that showed guys in those berets, an illustration right. of guys in berets beating the crap out of a large black man, like six guys on one. And that was their recruitment right. material, which will tell you all you need right. to know about Curtis Lewa and who he is right now. Yeah, the, the footage is amazing. Frank, did you see the footage? Yeah. I, I have, and uh, Curtis Lee is so reprehensible. Uh, I actually am glad that I voted for Eric Adams over him. That's how bad he is <laughs> that I was willing to vote That's for true. Eric Adams. But uh, yeah. and that um, that uh, clip was uh, was racism even by Fox News standards. Totally. When, when Curtis totally. Lee made made the the comment about. Uh, his head is up against the pavement. Maybe his mother in Venezuela will uh, right. uh, will feel it. I, like right. I thought that was just one of the most disgusting things uh, I've ever. And by the I've way, and then it turned and out also, the man they the man they beat up. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah well, also, um, yeah, yeah. The the and also he was saying these people and he said. He was describing them in, in plural. These these people, and then you cut to a shot of his ten buddies beating up the one guy, as if it's as if they're yep. the ones you know causing the invasion. Just just that's just right. But then we found Fox out. News. Mm-hmm. But Hannity himself was a stand-in for conservative people and the Fox News audience. Because Hannity, you watch the footage, he realizes what's going on. He gets awkward about it. And then he turns away and throws to break because he doesn't want to acknowledge the violence he's just seen. And it took a day to find out that man they beat up was not a migrant. He's an American citizen. We have to hit a hard break. Bill, I thank you for the call. Frank, will you stay with us? Certainly. We'll be right back in just a moment. This is Sirius XM Progress. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Sirius XM Progress. Happy birthday to Carol King. Happy birthday to Barry Mann. Happy birthday to TV's Frank, Frank Conniff. It's great to have you with us, sir. 
even if it's not your birthday. Uh, Carol King's birthday should be a national holiday. I agree. And it's Mia Farrow's birthday, so they can just piggyback them both together. (laughs) Mr. Conniff, the Oscar nominations are in. I'm curious, anything you're uh, pleased about or outraged about? Well, I should tell you right now, because you told me I should see it. I just watched American Fiction the other night. What do you think? I thought it was great. Terrific. Um, not and, and also not what I expected either, you know. Um, Me too. Me too. But um, I, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, uh, I, I just kind of think uh, Oppenheimer is going gonna, is gonna to take it all probably. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Um, I liked American fiction. It's so rare that we get like a real satire, like a live action mm-hmm. satire. I mean, we had Don't Look Up a, a year ago, but this movie was so satirical and, and so much about the black experience in America and so bitingly funny. And then halfway through, it turns into this emotional tearjerker family drama that totally yeah. works. And it goes from being this really cynical, cerebral movie to being this incredibly open-hearted family movie. And I, I couldn't believe they pulled it off as well as they did. And, and, and you know what I found out uh, after I saw it is that the guy who wrote and directed it um, also was a writer and producer on um, Station Eleven, which I think I've told you about is one of my favorite streaming shows of all time it's it's i liked it very much it's on max i recommend to everyone they have to watch station 11 it's so great i've watched the whole show and stick with it the the finale is totally worth it too so the 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 last scene is really really worth it yeah yeah i gotta get you to watch cuphead frank my son wants you to watch cuphead Mm -hmm. he keeps demanding that you watch cuphead speaking of streaming shows let me go back to the phones because we have a lot of people who still want to weigh in and say hello. Um, Mitch in Kent State, thanks for waiting on hold so long. You're on progress. Thank you, John. Good to hear you, Frank. Hey, Mitch. How you doing? Good, thanks. You know, John, also uh, 60 years ago today at Sullivan Theater. Beals first That's right. Show. 60 years ago tonight. Yeah, yeah. Um, Frank, you weren't, you, weren't a, you weren't a Beatle fan that young, were you? I absolutely was, and I absolutely watched it live as it was happening. And yeah. I was Amazing. very, you forget how old I am, John. And uh, I, I No, was, no, I uh, don't. I just, I, I don't assume. I was a, seven years old and very caught up in Beatlemania, and, uh, and I absolutely wow. loved them. But, um, but I thought uh, Mitch was going to say that, the anniversary of the night, um, Alan and Rossi performed at the Ed Sullivan Theater. <laughs> Alan and Rossi were on the same day. <laughs> <laughs> and Topo Gijo. Don't forget Topo Gijo. Don't tempt him. Yeah, don't, don't forget. Yeah. I try to forget Topo Gijo, but uh, I haven't. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I remember I, we were living in Nourishell at the time. And I remember going wow. and uh, watching it with my brothers and... Yeah. And you know what? It's I'm, I'm just being like a boring, a boring uh, boomer here. But my life was never the same after I saw the Beatles. You know, I really? Wow. Jump right into it. I wish I could have seen it. My parents were still both married to God at that point. I was not around yet. Uh-huh. I wish I could have seen it. Mitch, did you watch it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. By the way, happy birthday to your mother. Also, John, I want to mention that also. Uh, oh, you're very kind. Uh, Thank you so much. It, Thank you. But uh, yeah, I was uh, I was in eighth grade. But uh, yeah, it. Uh, I'll uh, never forget, we, we we put 99 cents together and bought the I Want to Hold Your Hand uh, single, and we just wore that thing out. In, wow. in a couple yeah, of days, same you know? here. And I also, yeah. I bought all the merchandise. I had oh, the yeah. Beatles 
the Beatles dolls. And in fact, yeah. in 1964, uh, my father in Westchester ran for Congress. And there's a family picture That's of right. us, the official campaign family picture. And mm-hmm. in that picture, I am holding a Paul doll. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. great. That's, a, that's a moment. That's a moment. That's great, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah Mitch, and thank you so way, much John, for calling, Mitch. Oh, th- yeah. Thank you, Jen. Go ahead. Just yeah, one thanks, more thing. Mitch. Uh, 18 years later, Paul uh, opens with his first, with his wings band, uh, 18 years later on the same day. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. oh really? I didn't know that. Yeah, 1970. I know Jet, yeah. uh, they, released, they released Jet 10 years later that same day. Mm-hmm. Um, right, right. But now I'm talking about my great moments in Wings history. It's not quite the same as the Beatles and so Wings, you know, thank people, you, Mitch. Uh, thank you. People put down Wings back then, and you know what? Wings has um, Wings proven is great. them all wrong, stood the test of time. Uh, uh, Wings oh, yeah. were great. Yeah. Wings were great. I mean, we just we lost Denny Lane just uh, before Christmas, and we got to right, hang with right. Denny Lane and Lawrence Juber. We had a couple of Wings guitarists on the show, Frank. Yeah, and yeah. Honestly, I think if Linda hadn't died, I bet if Linda hadn't died, Paul would have done a reunion Wings tour um, just to, sure, just to sure. solidify, because they were a great rock band, and some of those songs are dirty, druggy. I mean, mm-hmm. when I see McCartney yeah. live now, it's amazing. I saw him do Letting Go with a horn section last year, and it was fantastic. He's great, great stuff. Uh, Let me go to Ken. Talent. Ken is on the line in Virginia on line six. Ken, thanks for your patience on hold. You're on with TV's Frank. Hey, John. Love your show. Love all your guests. You, thanks, you man. The smartest people thanks, in man. the country. Um, the the one things I'm thinking about is uh, I hate to change the subject on you, but um, go ahead, please. I think the dilemma, the dilemma we're in right now in our country is. Um, the failure of the Democrats to uh, hold the Department of Justice to to fire, you know, it, it started, you know, back in 2000 with the Al Gore, uh, what they did to Al Gore. Yeah. And uh, right, right. I think I but, agree uh, with you about yeah. that. I think I agree that the uh, the Justice Department uh, under Merrick Garland has just been so slow and. And, and all of this Trump stuff could have happened um, like a while ago. And 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 all and, and there they just seems so timid about it all. And also, speaking of justice, the, the Democrats inability to forcefully criticize Clarence Thomas and call for his resignation and call for his impeachment. It's just outrageous that, that they've been like that. That's right. Yeah. yeah, and uh, I agree. They, you know, it's it, it's it's a shame because all these attorney generals they point they're all Republicans. The pretty much the Republicans run the Department of Justice. So I mean, they That's had them bare. They had them. I think Merrick Garland's in over his head evidently because they had to embarrass him before him to do anything about Trump in the, in the insurrection. Yeah, that's I mean, true. I, but, but see, that's one of the uh, Democrats' problems, I think, in my mind. I think, you know, Joe Biden should have, you know, put his foot down and said, hey, you know, enforce the law. But keep in mind, 
Chris Hayes had a really good tweet tonight. Chris was said, Bill Clinton was investigated by Republican Ken Starr. George W. Bush investigated by Republican Patrick Fitzgerald. Hillary Clinton investigated by Republican James Comey. Donald Trump investigated by Republican Robert Mueller. Joe Biden investigated by Republican Robert Herr. Kind of striking, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and the sad thing is that, you know, with Joe Biden, he's oh, he's like, I'm just going to be hands off and let the Justice Department do what they want. I mean, he, you know, he should have told Mary Garland to, you know, to do his job. And, you know, he's yeah, my opinion, well, I he think did. He's a he did. And by the way, but by the way, no, no, no. By the way, what's good about this is they can never claim that Joe Biden controls the Justice Department. They can never say Joe Biden's going after his opponents because they have proven that Merrick Garland does not work for Joe Biden in ways that William Barr and Jeff Sessions could not prove for Trump. They, This DOJ, this attorney general, they are not doing Biden's bidding. Frank, I'll give you the last thought before we hit a break. Well, it seems to me there's a tendency on the part of Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer, of uh, that generation of Democrats, still look at Republicans as their friends that we're just we just disagree but let's let's all just get together and work it out and uh and and and, and it, it just seems very outdated to me yeah i know i know frank can you stay with us after the break we got one more then we'll be sure. right back we are at 866-997-4748 right back after this this episode is brought to you by philo do you love tv Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are so grateful to have TV's Frank, Frank Conniff, joining us to class this Dump up every Friday night. Frank, how can our listeners follow you and keep track of all your comedic doings? Um, well, I'll, I'll, I hope they'll uh, watch this coming Tuesday uh, when Trace Blue and I uh, do um, do our Mads are back show. Go to please go to dumb-industries.com or to any of my social media at Frank Conniff and uh, get information. Tickets are $10, very uh, cheap, and uh, I hope to see everyone there. And, and it'll make you feel cheap, too. I highly recommend it. Um, <laughs> right now, before the break, let's try to get one more call in if we can. Mark in Portland, you've been on hold forever. Thank you so much for your patience. Hey, John. So um, I'm thinking that there should be an award for uh, for uh, Mike Johnson. I mean, uh, he, if if anyone knows how to humiliate himself, it's it's Mike Johnson. 
and I figured that oh, uh, yeah. a, a fitting a fitting costume. Maybe this could be a tradition for uh, people that re- uh, humiliate themselves in Congress that they wear the gimp outfit from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that, Perfect. And that way for for a day. It's only for a day. You know, you're, you're guarantee it. He already owns it. And uh, I think that would be just a really <laughs> well. I mean, humiliation. It has to be seen. We have to see humiliation. Oh not yeah. To hear it. And so I think this would be a. By really the way, do you know way every to... time, every time Mike Johnson puts on the black leather gimp outfit, uh, his son gets an alert on his phone. Did you know that they well, they have what, each other? A, <laughs> sure it's, it's very right. it's very appropriate because Mike Johnson and the Republican Party have been trying to go medieval on our asses for a long time. Well, and Marjorie Taylor Greene would live. Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> Yeah. Marjorie Taylor Greene would live in that outfit, I think, because uh, she, yeah. she does more oh, to humiliate herself. So anyway, that's my two cents for today. That's Great why we call time. her Empty Green. Thanks, man. Thank you. And thank you, Frank, for joining us. It's really a pleasure having you here on Fridays. Thanks for having me. 